Welcome to Flourish with Laurie and John uh, podcast. This is a great moment. It's a great time. And today we have exciting show. We have an exciting talk here. Um, we have been uh, speaking about communication and connection. And today we are talking about connecting gods beyond words. And we may also talk about connecting requires energy. These are two components that drive communication, connection, and allow people to build a community that supports them. We are so passionate about this. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Laurie and I love building people. When you help people, they help others. Zig Ziglar said, when you help enough people get what they want, you do get what you want. Laurie, welcome. And we thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. Thank you for everyone who's listening. Awesome. So Laurie, tell us, you know, on connecting, why do you think connecting goes beyond words? Why is less important in uh, when you're connecting with people? Uh, words are definitely important. Um, the things that you say to people and, you know, and remembering to choose your words carefully. But, you know, there's more to what we say. It's uh, how we say it and um, our expression, even when we're, when we're speaking to others. And, you know, as Maya Angelou said, people will not always remember what you said and they might not remember what you did, but they will most certainly always remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of that is not communicated just through words. You know, people will have that sense of, um, if you're saying something good, is that something you're really feeling? You know, do you mean what you say? So are people looking uh, to connect more on the emotional level in any kind of communication that we do? Um, yeah, when you, <clears throat> when you connect emotionally with people, it, it gives you the ability to help uh, understand what people are feeling. Um, you know, they say that great leaders went over the hearts and minds of others, not just their minds, not just their hearts, but um, it, it starts with the heart first. And if we want to be good communicators, we have to always keep that in mind. You know, if you want to um, win over a person, then first win over their heart and then the rest of them will most likely follow. But it's, it goes back to what we said several times. People don't really care what you know until they know that you care. And so um, they hear your words, but they feel your attitude. So it's it's so much more than what we say. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting that uh, as we have conversations every day in our own lives, that more than ninety percent of the impressions that we make do not have anything to do with what we actually say. It's how we behave and how we sound. Exactly. I mean. And it just, a prime example is we can say a lot of things, but what, what are our actions um, after that too? You know, um, if you say you're gonna do something, then you need to follow through and do what you said you were gonna do. So, you know, words, you know, you, you do have to choose your words carefully, but there's so much more in communication um, than just the words that we say. And it's yeah. something we need to ask ourselves too, you know, what visual technique do I need to, to work on so that I'm better able to connect with people, you know? 
Um, what, what, what am yeah. I looking like when I'm standing in front of them? You know, not as your makeup perfect or your hair great or, you know, but, you know, your facial expressions say a lot. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are the common issues probably that uh, you can share this uh, with the experience at your work? Uh, what are the common issues or challenges people face when you're trying to connect with others? You know, lots of times people have a hard time making eye contact, um, you know, or sitting still or, you know, again, um, and I know we've talked about this before, it's um, listening and responding appropriately. You know, are you, do you even appear engaged in the conversation? You know, um, there's been several conversations, you know, we're, we're so technology driven too. And, you know, we have our phones all the time only and face down on the table just kind of says that I'm not checked in I'm not all with you um, just being present being present I like that that's a component that's missing nowadays um, today in the morning I was at, an, at a networking event and uh, one of the um, issues that came up was the way uh, nowadays people are on their phone all the time and even when you're speaking with them they are not able to maintain an eye contact and this is across the board this is not just the millennials or the younger generation we are talking about this has continued to affect even the older generation and in fact some people have been saying that uh, the younger generation learns from what we do as professionals and the older generation because leadership is visual. We learn what we see is what we do. So how can we create this shift from, okay, you need to listen or you need to pay attention to what is being said. We need to see the eye contact. We need to see your entire engagement in the conversation that you're having. How are we supposed to shift that? You know... <clears throat> lots of things we can do you know first of all you have to be aware of what you're doing you know am i this person am i this person who's not really fully engaging in conversation that um you know i'm not moving with a sense of purpose i don't have an open posture i'm focused on something else you know uh, expanding our range of expressions you know respond to what you're hearing from the other person um it it makes a, a tremendous difference just how we present ourselves. And of course you want mm -hmm. to be genuine in that mm -hmm. presentation. A lot of it is just self-awareness. Am I really, am I really here and 100% in this conversation? Am I fully engaged with this person? Or, you know, is there something that I'm doing that's maybe communicating through my body language or my facial expressions that I'm not fully connected? You know, you know when you speak of that, uh, Lori, I'm I'm encouraged because what I read from John Maxwell's book, Everyone Communicate, he says there are four unpardonable sins of a communicator. That number one, being unprepared anytime you're having a conversation or a presentation. If you're not prepared at all, then you're not going to put in effort to connect with the audience. Number two, he says, uncommitted. Yes. People not being committed to what they're saying, to what they mean. Uh, in other words, meaning what you say and saying what you mean. Yes. Being uninteresting. And this kind of goes both ways, mm -hmm. which requires a lot of effort. 
between the person who is speaking and the one who is listening, both of them must stay in the same lane of saying, I am interested in what you're saying and I'm interested in you listening. So I'm going to say something of value here and then being uncomfortable, like four unpardonable sins of a communicator. What do you make of that? Uh, it's it's true, you know, if, if you are not prepared or you don't know everything going into a conversation, then it, it makes, it, it, you come across as being disinterested. And, you know, you, you have to be prepared in any given situation. Um, of course, there are a lot of conversations that have off that happen off of the cuff that you really don't prepare for. But in the absence of that, um, you have to be engaged, you know, with the person that you're talking to, and and be attentive to that person in the sense that you're actively listening, and they sense that you're actively listening, responding so, appropriately. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think uh, in a day, in a day basis, um, in our conversations, how, what are situations that can make us be very uncommitted or uncomfortable in terms of the connection and the communication that we are trying to make? Well, you know, a prime example that I can give you, uh, you know, in, in my line of work uh, with patient care, you know, and this happens a lot, unfortunately, um, nurses and physicians, healthcare providers in general, can often tend to not actively listen to what the patient is saying because they've already formed an opinion. So they're not all in. They already have their mind set when they put themselves in front of that person, right? And so, mm -hmm. despite the things that a patient may be telling them, they've either decided that it's not true that they're being dramatic. They've already formed an opinion before they go in, so they think they have all of the facts and they're not listening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and in healthcare, um, you know, and, and it's the same with the, you know, on the other end with the patient too, there are visual cues also, you, can, you know, that you have to be very, that goes both ways. Not only um, what visual cues am I sending, but which ones are, am I receiving or am I just completely disregarding, right? So being an active listener um, and being prepared to go into a situation when you are, you know, presenting yourself to a patient um, that they know that you're listening and that you you actually take to heart what they say and leave all that other stuff behind. Wow. All I hear when you're speaking, Laurie, is that it requires energy for you to be able to concentrate. It, it requires intentionality for you to be present. Uh, to be able to connect. And as communicators, we know that there are three components for any communication. We have, uh, you know, our thoughts must be present. Yes. That means something that we know. We have to have the emotion, something that we feel, an action, something that we do. So, in fact, I always joke around that uh, tea, when you say I'm having a conversation of a cup of tea, <laughs> for me it means that uh, your thought, your emotion and action are present because if you don't have any of those, then there will be a disconnect between you and, and, and the person who is listening or engaged in the conversations. Is that right? That's right. That's right. And, and you're right. You know, it, it does. It requires energy. It requires energy. It, it requires focus and energy. And, you know, certain things like remembering people's names, you know, calling someone by their name 
even mm-hmm. I tried to do that even in writing, you know, instead of just mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, or good night. I try to say, hey, hey, John, good night, John, you know, things like that. Yeah. And do I do it 100% of the time? No, uh, you know, but I've, I've tried to make myself more aware um, that I'm doing that. And then just in an effort to spend extra time with people, I, I sent an email yesterday because a patient had uh, complimented a provider and a, a nurse. And mm. one of the things that I had noted about that provider was um, this physician actually had gone, I had gone into discharge this patient twice and the physician was still at the bedside sitting in a chair talking to the patient and was very actively engaged with this patient. And so when I was finally able to discharge them, you know, the patient and her spouse raved on and on about the care that they had received. You know, they, they knew that we, they had been taken good care of. And I can assure you that a good part of that was because they didn't feel rushed. The provider sat down in a chair, which is huge too, by the way, for anyone listening that's in the healthcare industry. Um, and I know it's it's not easy all the time, and it does require a lot of energy, and it requires a lot of focus because this is a big deal um, in the patient care world. Wow, how can we support the healthcare industry in terms of uh, ensuring uh, this connection, there's um, understanding, there's interest in the patients, and also in the um, faculty or if you will the the staff well you know realizing the importance of forming that connection and uh, being engaged with that patient you know patients are more likely to be compliant when they have formed that connection because when you form that connection you build trust and so Mm -hmm. by building that trust you know patients will tend to they are themselves more engaged in the conversation and they are listening and they are trusting you and so when you when you take that extra time and not only that just for the purposes of clarity right um yes teach and then uh, offer them the opportunity to ask questions and you know go but go back over the things that you reviewed with them just to make sure that there's no confusion this extra time and energy that you put into it, the reward at the end will be so great. People complain all the time. This person is back in the ER again. They're a bounce back. Well, maybe they were a bounce back because we didn't do what we needed to on our part. We didn't clearly communicate or they didn't trust what we were telling them. So they actually came back because they really didn't feel like they were well because they didn't understand what to expect because we failed them because our communication failed. We didn't connect. For sure, Lori, you, 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 you just, oh my gosh, you have not only uh, passion for, for helping, uh, you know, the staff in healthcare, but all I can hear is something that you can apply across the board, across every single industry. And yeah. in fact, uh, when I hear you t- talk about patients, which obviously they are vulnerable uh, individuals and, and, and how we take care of them, uh, it comes to my mind that in order for you to connect, to really connect well with, with them, you have to feel compassion. You have to feel passion uh, for what you're doing. You have to be, uh, to know what exactly you're talking about and you're saying so that, you know, there's a common ground, there's a commonality people can understand. Uh, and I love 
<clears throat> what you also say in, in a, the way people experience disconnect, because following that uh, that thought, if we try to communicate something that we do not know, something we do not know, right? We we don't want to come off like we're assuming a presumptuous or something. We want to be very clear and. In the line of work that we do, uh, you know, training, consulting, and coaching, um, obviously it is very, you know, sometimes it can be very uh, tough if you go to a client and you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Is that right? That's right. That's right. And you know, if you look at and like you said, it, it can go across, you know, any industry. Uh, for instance, if if you look at how many stores do you know that have greeters at the doors? Not many, but of course yeah. we all know that Walmart has a greeter at the door coming in and going out. And so Sam Walton, you know, he made a, a pledge and a promise that every time a customer came within 10 feet of him, that he was going to smile at them and look at them in the eye and, and greet them. Smile at them, look them in the eye and greet them. Mm-hmm. So... If you think about that, and of course, Walmart has been very successful, um, and I, I know they have great prices and everything, um, but that that is being intentional. That is being intentional about the way you meet every person. I mean, you know, if you look away or, um, you know, don't don't offer a smile, how hard is that? It's such an easy thing to do, and this will trickle through not just only you know at work but in your in your personal life too the the ripple effect of that is huge imagine if we were all doing that imagine if that was how we everybody every day when they got up said you know what i'm gonna do this today i'm gonna try it and see how it works and then i'm gonna try to get that should tomorrow. be a challenge that There'd should be a, be a challenge of, for us to yes be. that should be a challenge because Imagine, yeah all the people that would be smiling everywhere <laughs> right that does uh, not going out feel the better yeah. knocking at people's doors and saying hello my name is john and i'm smiling you know yes right and making that eye contact you know oh yeah um hey how are you doing i actually watched the ted talk and it talked about uh the couple of the things at the at the top is, is at the top of the list um that were predictors basically on your lifespan were how you communicated with others and the types of people that you had in your life so just, you know, when, when you're sitting outside and somebody comes by walking their dog, do you speak to them? When you, when you go into a place, do you know, you just say, hi, how are you doing? Things like that. You know, look, I, I think it's perfectly okay if you, if you and your family go sit down and eat and see someone sitting alone, you know, to ask a complete stranger, hey, would you like to sit with us? That's just me. Um, but you never know um, what that little, that little piece of, that little piece of happiness pie um, could how it can make a difference in someone's life. Wow, I I am really appreciative uh, of you, Lori, for being with us and always adding value to us. And I love your passion, you know, to help revitalize, energize, and build motivation and morale with the people who work in healthcare. And especially, I love your passion to encourage people to try different things. And obviously for the challenge today that uh, we be smiling, make eye contact, this really 
they sound easy stuff but you know sometimes uh you know jim ron had said that uh, those things that are easy to do are also not easy to do um and people think that oh these are just regular stuff you know we we are not inventing new stuff we are just reminding uh people of of the basics basically um to be able to build a better life happy life not only for themselves but also for other people uh, around them so what are your final or parting thoughts on, on this uh lori um i would just like to say you know to to kind of for people to actually do challenge yourself you know to to smile and and greet you know to someone with a hi or you know um and make that eye contact if there anyone within 10 feet of you which i think is a great thing and i actually know one healthcare system that uh, actually implemented that the 10 foot rule mm-hmm. and um also like you talked about uh, clarity for that clarity of conversation um requires being prepared but the one thing that um i want people to take away from today <clears throat> is and this is just not in your communication but everything that you do when you're done ask yourself did i do my best you don't have to be the best but did you do your best not did you do it the fastest you know did you do it the best and did you meet the expectation of the person that you were talking to or taking care of um those those are two key things and that goes back to um, integrity and expectation I love it. I love it. Our dear listeners, if you heard that right, did you do your best? That's a great question. A great question to answer the show. I mean to end the show to answer every night for yourself, to even ask those people who are close to us, our, you know, colleagues, because what else are we here for? We are here to do the best. Yes. And that's a question I'm sure Lori and I myself always ask after every show. We are we doing the best? Are we getting better? Because that's the only way we will improve. in our lives and the lives of those whom we love. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us uh, again Lori. I thank you so much for being available. And if you want to know more about Lori, you can go to uh, chooseflourish.com, chooseflourish.com and you can see uh, the amazing work that she's doing and she continues to do. You can also check my website uh, leadershipyourconsulting.com um as we continue to equip people and to elevate them and to make them the best because that's what we do. Thank you so much and hopefully you get some value out of this podcast. Until we see each other again next time. Goodbye. Thank you and goodbye.